sun was oppressively hot in that summer of my childhood. The spring rains were but a distant memory. Here was heavy with expectation for a thunderstorm that was sure to come. The bairns of the neighbourhood, a group of about eight, boy us about ten year old, had geared to sit in the wee wall outside Patel's shop. Had our youthful energy no been sat by the glaring heat, we would probably have organised games of rounders or football. Even the effort needed to converse was too much. Our tongues were as still as our bodies. There was no sound, apart for the steady hum of distant traffic. Through the depths of the council scheme, a wee figure approached with a local worthy known as Deefen Dumb Joke. The wee man in ragged denim shirt and jeans wore a black woolen hat despite the current weather. He was a familiar figure in the area. He seemed ancient to us, but in retrospect he was eh, probably no more than 30 years old. Apart from being a deaf mute, he was noted for his affinity with nature. He spent a good deal of time feeding the tunies and feral pigeons that bickered for scraps with the cushets and seagulls. This made deaf and dumb joke very unpopular with the local doomen members of the Homan Society. They thought that joke feeding the tunies was likely to cause the spread of various avian diseases in their precious homers. Jock placed the canvas hold all he was carrying onto the slabs in front of the shop. He squatted in front of us like a denim clad Buddha and proceeded to unzip the hold all. Reaching inside, he produced a packet of coloured chalks. This action sparked a ripple of interest for the assembled parents. What was he up to? Without further ado, Joke began to draw in the paving slabs outside the shop. And next any time he had produced several exceedingly lifelike figures, a crouching orange and black Bengal tiger, a golden eagle with an impressive seven-foot wingspan, and a spotted deer with a full rack of antlers. There was also a white Arab stallion, dark-eyed with a prudely tossed head and flowing, long flowing mane. I suppose the fact that I focused on the horse more than the other figures was due to my youthful dream of being a jockey. I'd visions of me being the next Johnny Frankham or John Joe O'Neill. Anyway, the next thing I remember is sitting astride this magnificent Arab stallion. I was no longer sitting on the wall outside the shop. In fact, there wasn't a shop. It was an endless expanse of sand and we were travelling like the wind, me in the fiery spirited grey. I had no reins to guide him and there was no saddle atween us. I leaned for it, clinging tightly to his finely muscled neck. 
This was all the encouragement he needed to increase his speed to a full gallop. I had never felt such exhilaration before or since. A sirocco ruffled my hair as he slowed to a trot as we approached a wee oasis somewhere west of the Nile. Swallows swooped our head, hunting flies as we drank their fill of kid clean water. I remounted and were off again, horse and rider like one entity, seamlessly jined, shimmering mirage-like in the hazy Saharan sunshine. Suddenly I shied unexpectedly at a sherry and I was deposited unceremoniously on the ground. As I dusted myself down, I realised I was once again outside the shop. I had fell off the wall. A wee cloud had momentarily passed in front of the sun. The sound of galloping hoofbeats echoed through my ear and faded into the distance. I looked down at where deep and dumb joke was squatting outside the shop. I winked at me whilst giving a wee wistful smile as he, if he knew where I'd been and wished he'd been there himself. The other bairns rubbed their in and stretched their arms, looking round about as if trying to catch the memory of a recent dream. I wondered where their adventures had taken them. They all started chattering away all at once, excitedly recalling those daydreams that were more than just daydreams. They had run with a deer, sword with eagle, and some had also ridden the white horse of freedom. It was noticed that one hour number, a wee laddie called Harry Black, had disappeared. We had assumed that he had went home, while the rest of us were busy being mesmerised by Joke and his creations. Thinking the mere of it, the remaining youngsters dispersed homeward as the afternoon drew to a close. Deep and dumb Joke, likewise. After we had had our evening meal, I retired to my room to listen to some music. A wee while later, I heard a loud rap at the front door. This was shortly followed by my father bellowing loudly to, to demand my immediate presence in the living room. Ran down the stairs to see what the fuss was about. Father was in conversation with a burly policeman. Apparently, Harry Black had gone missing. His frantic parents had hunted the length and breadth of the scheme in a fruitless search for him. One of the neighbours had spotted Harry with our group idling in front of the shop earlier. The police had been questioning the rest of the bairns regarding Harry Black and where they had seen him last. Every time the answer was the same. Harry's last known location was outside Patel's shop. They must have questioned deep and dumb joke via a sign language interpreter, but the police was totally baffled. As a last resort, they organised a search warrant for Patel's shop in his van too. Quite pointless as it turned out, Harry Black was never seen again. 
and has disappeared and remains a mystery to this very day. For a few months after, the bairns of the town were kept under a much tighter rein. Bairns were extra vigilant. The Harry Black incident had created a climate of fear. Eventually, of course, uh, things returned to normal, except for Mr and Mrs Black. They moved away to another town less than a year later, with their remaining bairns. All this happened some 40 years ago. The chalk groans vanished with the next thunderstorm, but I still feel a shiver cursing down my spine as I remember them the day. The eagle, imperiously aloof, soaring abound the timid deer. The Arab stallion flecked with sweat as it galloped, and lastly, the tiger. Aye, the tiger. The tiger was fangs had gleamed white as ivory prior to your various adventures. But on your return, these same fangs were stained with scarlet drops of blood. <laughs>